Yo, what's good? It's Benji, founder of Playlist Supply, and you're listening to the Unsigned Podcast. Benji, uh, appreciate you making some time. Uh, I know you got a lot going on these days. Um, the, the, there's a lot going on in the world too. So uh, yeah, man, glad we were able to connect a couple of weeks ago and, and make this happen. Hell yeah, I appreciate you having me, and I'm super excited to you know share what I can. Dope, man, dope. So. Yeah, let's let's just jump right into it. You and I, we, we connected, um, you know, just being like minded, you know, individuals in the in the music space. And we had a really good, you know, kind of initial chat. So I would love to save the deep dive for for this episode. So let's just start right at the top. Tell me a little bit more about yourself. I know you're based out in Cali um, originally from there. And, you know, how did you get your start in music and, and to where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally from Cali. I was born and raised in LA in the San Fernando Valley to be more specific. Um, I grew up right off of Van Nuys. Um, I went to school here my whole life. And yeah, music's always been something that's just kind of like, you know, it's kind of a part of the vibe of LA. That's what you do on the weekends. I was going to low end theory back when it cost $5 to get in. I had this little like veteran pass. Um, yeah, I, I remember like a friend coming to school with Good Kid Mad City, like in high school when it first dropped and you know i've i've i'm definitely a a, a valley boy <laughs> so uh yeah I'm, I'm born and raised here and i don't know i i kind of i've always been involved in music um my parents from a young age like forced me to play piano and as i grew up i kind of switched between different instruments i played trumpet for a few years and in high school i found myself in the school jazz band playing drums and I actually have a funny story where I wanted to start playing drums, but my parents were not down to support it. They were like, of all the instruments you could have chosen, <laughs> yeah. this one, this one's not it. And so I like, I like created these like handmade flyers and I, I went around my neighborhood um, trying to walk dogs or like mow lawns or like, I was basically telling people like, whatever I can do to buy a drum set, I'll do it. Just let me know how I can help. And the most LA thing ever, one of the people on my block was actually the marketing director of DW. And he got this flyer and was like, you know what? Like he like hit me up a couple of days later. And then he came by the house with a snare, like this super nice, like white marble DW snare. And I skipped the, I skipped the dog walking thing altogether. I was like, <laughs> I got the snare drum. We're set. I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, I, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of also just realized at a certain point, like after, you know, playing a bit of music that it, I didn't necessarily see myself as the person on stage making the music or playing the music, but just the pivotal, like the, just the pivotal role that music played in my life. Like when there was times when stuff was like, you know, you're dealing with like the angsty teenager years and I'm listening to Slipknot and Tool or, you know, there's those years where I'm listening to like Catch a Fire or Flying Lotus. And it was just, such, it was one of those things where it was so important to me. And it, I met so many people through it. And it, I, I was like, regardless of how I'm involved in this, I know that I want to work in music. And so eventually I kind of recognized that I had like a knack for more marketing and branding, kind of the management stuff. More specifically in college, I had a friend who was a rapper and he was awesome, but I, he just didn't understand like the, the marketing aspect. And I kind of like, before I knew that management was a role, I kind of 
just started helping him set up social media and helping him submit to blogs. And that's when I kind of realized, okay, this is stuff that, you know, people do for bigger artists and there's a whole industry around this. And yeah, that's, that's kind of my spiel on how I found my way into music. So, yeah, man, that, that, that's dope. I think um, a, a lot of us share uh, those same sentiments of like music just hitting us and connecting with us at, at an early age and us just wanting to live out. I think all of us as adults, right, that, that love what we do, we're all just trying to live out our childhood dreams, right? We're trying to be the fucking NBA or we're trying to be the manager or the artist or whatever it is, because that's what we, you know, we something happened to us at a, at a young age and it just stuck with us and we, we can't shake it. So, uh, so yeah, man, that's dope. Um, so, you know, you talked about, you know, kind of being an artist yourself, doing a lot of marketing stuff and then kind of shifting over into the management thing. So, um, I, I like to just ask a, uh, you know, a favorite moment of your career thus far. I know you've kind of done two things. We're going to talk about playlist supply, uh, in a little bit as well. So curious to know, you know, kind of two things, what's been, uh, you know, a, a career highlight from the management end so far. I know you're early on in your career, but what's been a great moment so far there? And then more specifically with Playlist Supply, that's a super young baby the last year. Curious to know what a highlight has been over the last year for that as well. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Hmm. I feel like I, I, I'm having trouble thinking of one highlight, honestly. The whole thing's been a highlight. Um, yeah, just just from like, like getting to talk to some people like I, I, I ended up like talking in a DM like a year or like a year and a half ago with Anthony Fantano. And like, as a music listener and fan, like, I, I yeah, like, you know, I'd met some really big artists. And you know, I've met some big managers. And I've like, I've been at like record labels things. And it's, I've met plenty of cool people. But you know, as someone that used to like listen to his reviews, and you know, just kind of like the internet personality he has chatting with him for like, even just like a quick DM back and forth. I was like, no way I'm talking to Anthony <laughs> Fantano right now. Um, Cause he's such a legend. And that was like, that was like a really cool moment. Um, just kind of, of like the broader, like that was like a broader management favorite moment for sure. Um, yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's always like a good moment when like, you're working with an artist and they, they, that deal that they wanted gets signed or that tour that they wanted to get booked on gets booked or, you know, they have like an artist that they've looked up to since they started making music and they just book a show. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm managing this indie rock band right now. And we just locked them in with a, their opening for chastity belt. And like these guys like started making music like less than a year ago and they love chastity belt. And I'm like, you know, I don't understand that personal connection that they have, but just hearing them like geek out about how excited they are to be listening and to be opening. And they're going to be backstage with artists that they've listened to for so long and that they love. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, just seeing them happy. Like that, that's definitely a favorite for me. Um, yeah. And with, and with Playlist Supply, um, I don't think there's any one particular moment um, that was like a favorite I definitely got a lot of really good feedback from from like music industry veterans that I look up to and people that are experienced and that always felt good. But, you know, I think just seeing like just seeing like there was there was a Reddit post by some random stranger who used the tool and had a successful story about going from like a few hundred Spotify followers to a few thousand 
in like a relatively niche genre. And like when I read that and it was just super organic and like just reading someone's personal experience was something that I got to help create and how it kind of like helped them like boost their career. And, you know, it helped them in that initial kind of like milestone, which is so difficult for so many indie artists to break through. Like that first 1000 fans is like some of the most crucial. And to hear someone that just kind of like found the tool, did their own research, did their own use, and then like felt compelled enough to go and share their story on like a forum like Reddit or something. I was like, this is super cool. Like this is, that was definitely honestly a favorite, but just in general, like getting to help empower artists is like, is like my favorite thing as a manager with Playlist Supply. It kind of all got like enmeshed a little bit. That, that's dope, man. Yeah. When you have, um, when you have those moments that you hope for and like that you built something for actually happen, that's like the win. It's like, Oh, it, it worked. And, and people are using it the way, you know, speaking about playlist supply specifically using it, uh, the, the way it's intended, you know, and somebody completely different random, you would never think that your thing will spread to the far places of the internet. And it does when it does, it's like, Oh, that's really cool amazing exactly yeah you're spot on yeah that's dope man so um yeah why don't, why don't switch gears a little bit um appreciate you sharing the stories and and now kind of talk a little bit more about like day-to-day -day, um you know and, and, and pick your brain about you know some management insights as well as uh some playlist uh supply stuff too so let's just start right at the top um what do you think you know for artists that are are on the come up right and that's that's really who this podcast is for people who are just trying to figure things out whether you know, in, in this instance, I want to talk about artists specifically. They're like, yo, let me just get a manager and let them do the thing. And I'll sit back and be the cool artist. Um, you know, that, that's, that's only part of it. Um, you know, the, the other thing is making sure that you're asking, you know, the right questions and you understand, hey, I need a manager who, who's thinking like this and, and building like this. So kind of in that vein, what do you think a manager should be doing to help build an artist's brand? And where do you think their focus should be? You know, I think managers take all kinds of roles and there's artists that are super hands-on and then there's artists that are super hands-off. And I think, I think kind of like the manager's like definite role should be, you know, kind of assess the trajectory and like be thinking long-term, be thinking short-term like give the artist space to make the music and to do and to do what they're best at and to focus on the creative. And yeah, I think, I think a lot of that comes down to like, you know, understanding what the brand is, making sure that that's developed, thinking, okay, what are similar artists? What are, what, where do I see this artist in five years? What are like the must hit like destinations, blogs, websites, playlists, what is like, what are the like essential stones that we got to flip in order for this, this whole thing to work? Um, yeah. And I think, I think, you know, those are kind of like bigger picture things, but when it comes to like making sure the artist can like make good music and be in the studio and focus on that, it could mean covering all kinds of stuff from like finding the right videographer to scheduling the shoot to, you know, just making sure that, that the studio time is used like optimally and that it's booked at a good time. And yeah, that, that, you know, the, the artist has the space to be creative and feel comfortable, like just making the music. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of like managers that they do all of this kind of stuff hands-on for developing acts. And 
there's a lot of managers that outsource it and they'll bring on marketing agency for this creative director for that. And I think both kind of approaches are like, are fantastic. It just totally depends on, on, you know, like how involved you're trying to be, how involved the artist wants to be. A lot of times artists will have all of the, they'll have, they'll know where they want to be in five years. They know when the album's coming out. They know when album two, three, four are coming out. And they just want you to like affirm them and make sure that their expectations are realistic and that, you know, they've, they've got the resources necessary to do the recording. And yeah, I think, I think managers should kind of play all the roles necessary until the artist is where they want to be or in touch with the people that are playing those roles too. Well said, well said. Uh, Another thing that you touched on in there was just a bit of the creative piece, right? And sometimes, um, you know, it's sometimes the artists lead that end of it. Sometimes the the managers lead um, that end of it. You've spent a lot of time focusing on that. You went to school, you did a bunch of creative direction yourself um, as well. So when I ask you this, it's kind of piggybacking off the last one. How important do you think branding is for up and coming artists? And when do you think they should focus on that, right? Sometimes they're like, oh, right out the gate, everything's got to be super crisp and clean. And, and that almost uh, slows down the process of, you know, the piece of art or content actually, you know, getting put out into the world. So yeah, how important do you think branding is? And, and when do you think an artist should really focus on that? I, I think it's like, I think it's extremely important. And I think even if it's not like something you're focusing on and putting a ton of time into initially, it's definitely something to think about or like have someone be thinking about. I definitely kind of like leading into doing management and kind of playing more of like a a music business role. There was a long time where I like, I shot music videos and I kind of acted as a creative director on other management teams. And in, in a lot of those instances, you know, the artists had fantastic music and they had like the musical vision and the sound and they knew exactly what their aesthetic was sonically, but they didn't necessarily know like, okay, what do I want my Instagram and social media aesthetic to be? What do I want? the story that is coming across in the song to look like in a video. And I think those are all things to think about. And if it's like not something that you feel like as an artist, like, okay, I could body like directing a music video. I know the locations I want it to be at. I know how I want people to look. I know where I want the camera to be set up. Then, you know, find someone you trust and bring them on to play that role. And like, even on a more like skeletal branding kind of understanding, there's like very, very little like original sound and original like creative at this point. There's unlimited contextual research you can do. You can find someone that they're not making the exact same thing as you, but they're making something similar and their fans are probably similar and see how they're attacking it. Like see what's their creative looking like? What do their videos look like? What is their aesthetic? And, you know, there's a lot of artists that really do believe in copying, but whether or not you're going to go and directly copy something or it's going to be like a, a, just a big inspiration, most artists, I think like the most important way to dissect your branding, if you haven't done it yet, should be finding like 10, 20 artists that are either similar to them, inspire them at a place they want to be in terms of success or recognition or you know, like like the the amount of music they've created, and and go and look at like okay, what has their career trajectory been? 
what did their first music video look like? What did their last music video look like? What does it look like when they got no budget, when they got a big budget? And let that start getting like the gears turning in your head. Um, me personally, I feel like a lot of times my favorite artists' works are like their first EP or their first project or their first music videos. Because when you don't have a big budget, when you don't have a big team, you've really got to get creative and you've got to like, you've got to like make it happen. And I sometimes feel like that's when like the most raw, organic, real creative stuff happens is when you're like, you're pushing and you're like, you know, I don't direct a music video, but I'm about to, like I make music, but today I'm directing the music video for my music. And it's like when that vision kind of like crosses different like mediums and yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's, that's so true. A lot of people don't think of it that way. Those problems that you run into, right? I don't have money, you know, for your early stuff. That to me is just a creative problem to solve. And if you as the artist think you're a creative person, you need, you know, you can use those same sensibilities to say, okay, how can we do this for cheap? Great, we don't have, uh, or, you know, how can we rent cameras for the cheap? Who do we know that have cameras? Uh, you know, uh, a movie I always go back to that I think is super dope is uh, Be Kind, Please Rewind with Jack Black and Most Def, uh, Yassine Bey. Like just such, such a dope idea. Like that is, you know, you know, uh, uh, the, the perfect inspiration for anybody on the come up. It's like, you don't need a ton of money. You just need to think about how to, how to stretch the dollar and how to be creative with no money, right? Like that's how yeah. you should think of it. it. Because then when you get the money, that's just like, you can do bigger things. And that should just be fuel to the fire that you already have, like your creative juices flowing. Like you don't need the money to shoot the music video. You need money to shoot a certain kind of music video, but it doesn't need to be yours. And yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, um, you know, artists, even if you, you know, because one of the tough things is, you know, you have limited time. Um, but in the beginning, you have a lot of time. You have way more time if you're early starting out when you're a kid when like you uh -huh. don't have a ton of work, you don't have a ton of responsibilities and whatnot. So you have time is kind of on your side a little bit. Um, but uh, uh, you, if you don't want to, you know, give that all of your energy, you still need to be like saving those posts on Instagram or saving the inspiration elsewhere. So you can come back to it and say, when I do have the funds or, you know, uh, when I, when I get to a certain point, I want things to look like this. Um, because it is important. Like at the end of the day, like it is, you know, uh, about what you're putting out into the world and what people are really going to connect with. And even if you can't focus on that, you should still be like, filing it away so that when you do have the time or you do have the resources that you need or that you want you know exactly where to go so you're still you're just you know really um you know optimizing your time you know like you were talking about before and that's kind of a great segue into this next question too talking about communities right this is what we're all trying to build um at the end of the day this is what artists are trying to build um whether they know it or not it's a community of people that you know, care about the same things in the world and the music is just like that lightning rod. Um, so curious your thoughts on this, you know, what do you think are some tentpole ideas for building a community? And, you know, what, what do you think are the best ways to do that? Email, social media, is there something else that, that's kind of new in the mix? Like Discord is obviously popping off uh, even more so over the last, you know, year and a half, specifically with music. So curious your take on, you know, how to build some tentpole ideas for, for communities and where best to do that. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're spot on. I feel like Discord's really popped off in the past like year or two. And that's definitely like 
even if you're not using Discord itself, even if you're using Telegram or like a WhatsApp group or like a big iMessage group, finding ways to kind of like get all of your fans in one place, like there's even a DM group or like some sort of IG fan page or that's like sharing unreleased and definitely like finding ways to get people to be like committed to your vision and kind of like you know, bringing them into your world, whether that's with like unreleased music or unreleased studio sessions. Another thing that that I, I think of that I know artists are doing is like, I know artists that are making like OnlyFans or they're making like, um, I, I know there's a couple other ones, but they're making like pay platform. They're taking like a platform where you pay monthly and they're giving people who are like the most hardcore fans exclusive content monthly, whether that's like an unreleased snippet or like a, a behind the scenes of the music video. And I think doing stuff like that is like, is like super crucial. And, you know, I think it's, it's more accessible than ever, like what platform you're going to use or like where you're going to have the chat. But like, yeah, I think, I think just like kind of finding content and finding ways that like you can get people more involved. And sometimes it's as easy as just sending out DMs. Like look at the people who like all of your, your posts, right. When you post them, who are those fans that like, you've noticed like these are people that are like really, really like into me more than like, you know, more than anyone else. Hit them up, just say hi, like just see who they are, find out a little bit about them. Like, you know, it, it, it doesn't take more than 10 minutes to go on Instagram and send five, 10, 20 DMs. You can just DM like your most engaged followers. And like some of these people are gonna be, you just hitting them up and saying hi could be enough to get them to be like, a hardcore super fan like they they listen to your music all day they love your videos they they're gonna like take a screenshot of you saying hi and send it to 50 of their friends like it, it's yeah it, it's 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 honestly i think a lot more easy to build a community than than people anticipate and sometimes it's just like you know what would you do with your friend group what would you do with like the homies like how how do you like hit them up like start treating some of your fans like that and you know share with them some of the stuff that the snippets you'd be sharing to your friends. And I think Discord's a really good one because the the platform itself is like, it's got like a ton of add-ons and there's mods and there's like, you can like listen to music with your friends in Discord. And it's got like, there's, there's so many like built-in ways to do the community building in like a tech accessible kind of way too. And yeah, I think just like, even like Playlist Supply is like, you know, third-party playlists are like super successful initially because it's like people sharing music with their friends. And so even if it's like, there's that, there's that artist pick option. If you have Spotify for artists, like make a playlist that's just for your fans and then send it to them individually and be like, yo, check this out. And yeah, I, yeah, I, there's definitely like, I've stumbled on playlists using the tool that like, I know this playlist is like for one friend group. Like I can tell, like, this is like, this is like someone in their friends playlist. And it's like, yeah, like I'm, yeah. Like some of those probably are like, like people are going to find stuff in there and become more of a super fan than any like big, you know, Spotify editorial this or yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I think it's just, you know, brainstorm and just like kind of get to it, send the DMs, send the messages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, well said. And I think, um, another, just another great hack to another insight that I found helpful is just like you said, 
going on Instagram, whatever your social media platform of choice is and finding those most engaged fans. And then if you are short on time, which a lot of artists are on the come up, because now you have to do so many different things, um, hit them and ask your most engaged fan to be the leader of your community group, right? Like come Fact. up with some benchmarks that you need for this person, you know, so, some roles and responsibilities that you need this person to take care of and hit up five or 10 of those people that you know are diehards and be like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about starting this community thing over here. Uh, I'm a little short on time, like looking for somebody to kind of ramp this up and like help me build content. Like you think you'd be down for it and see what people say. Or maybe you need to find three or four of them and they kind of team up and, and they can do a whole bunch of stuff. But like, are you kidding me? Like, think I, I i go back to the same thing think about what you want as a fan imagine your favorite artist hitting you up and saying that to you you'd be like holy shit yes when can i start like right now, you want me to do it right now okay hold on you know what do we want to call it exactly. like, i'll have everything set up tonight like you would have jumped at that opportunity so you know your your um most engaged fans are thinking the same thing so like tap yeah. in and, and and just be a human like you're saying exactly like, have the combo and be like, Hey, what's up? Worst thing that, that's going to happen is they're going to not answer or say no. And then you're right where exactly. you are anyway. So it, it's, it's really like a, a no lose situation. Um, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, and agree. Discord is just, it's, it's a great spot because there's so many, the, the, there's so many different functions. There's so many different things you can do and, and really tap in. It's, it's, it's amazing. And your one tip about like asking your your super fans to kind of run the page or I, I can testify like there's like major like there's like major artist teams that do that like yep. they'll have like the Instagram group or they'll have like an Instagram fan page and it's run by the super fans like that's that's like a very common like people are doing that because the super fans are gonna go and find that picture that like you thought your friend didn't post and they're gonna go out of their way to like build that kind of like build that atmosphere that like only you could do if you're obsessed with the artist or you know like an artist isn't always thinking from the fan perspective and yeah. so like yeah it's it's that's definitely if, like i can think of off the top like a couple artists that i manage have like instagram dm groups and the people talking in it the most are the fans and like the people that are starting conversation are the fans and the artist hops in every once in a while and will like you know, share a video of them in the studio or like, you know, see what's up. But for the most part, it's like the fans chatting and everyone up and like making shit happen. Yeah. It's like, again, those fans, they're probably younger and they have the time, right? They, they exactly. don't care about, like they care so much about you. Again, put yourself in their shoes. What were you doing when you were 18, 19, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you were like obsessed with music. Those are the people that you want to tap into and just help them out. And then at the end of the day, their payment is like just being a part of it, right? The value that exactly. they get from just being like the head fan is like amazing to them. And then you can also start to tap them when you do great shows and be like, you know what? Like, here you go. Like come through some backstage stuff. We can meet in person and, you know, show love. Like there's so many different ways to do it. And it's really just thinking about just being a human and having a level of empathy and saying like, oh, okay, you know, uh, I understand you're a big fan. Let me give you a little bit of my time because that's the most precious asset that we all have, right? Um, but we all exactly. often forget that, so it's crazy. Cool, man. Why don't you switch gears now and talk about playlist supply specifically? You touched on it just a second ago with third-party playlists, and you know, I, I, I want to go deeper into that because I think the tool that you 
uh, and your team have built over the last year and a half has just been amazing and just like long, long overdue. And I think a lot of people would find value in that. So let's start right at the top. Um, you mind just get, give it for the people that don't know, just giving us a rundown of what playlist supply is and, you know, kind of how you came up with the idea and why you think, you know, third party playlists are, are so important. Yeah, absolutely. So playlist supply is um, a productivity tool. It's like a productivity software tool that's built for artists. It's built for managers, record labels, agencies, and it's basically a search engine like Google or Bing, but for third-party playlists and their contact info. And anyone can go on, sign up, start using the search engine. And it's a real-time search engine. It's not like a database. It's like the, the software, like the tool, like you type in like a genre, you type in a keyword, you type in an artist, and it's going to go and index all the playlists that have relevant information based on what you searched. And, you know, say you're an artist looking to get your music into more playlists, you go on here, you search for similar artists, you search for similar genres, and you're going to get a bunch of potential people to reach out to. And you can just kind of start doing your own outreach and your own campaign and getting yourself into other playlists. And yeah, the, the tool kind of came about out of like necessity. I was, I, I was working with like my roster at the beginning of the pandemic. And I just started noticing like, you know, emails coming in, bookings getting canceled. Um, you know, the, the whole music environment was changing and like starting to shut down. And I like, I've, you know, I'm definitely someone that's a little more tech inclined. I'm not like a coder or anything, but like I've noticed the music industry shifting to like a more digital age for a long time. And I think that with the pandemic and COVID-19 kind of shutting down live venues and it just sped up that process even more. And I got to brainstorming with my team and we were, I was thinking like, okay, how can we go harder on digital streaming? How can we go harder on the outlets that our artists still do have and are still going to have, even if they can't go to any shows. And yeah, I had been doing like a lot of playlisting through third party agencies and through other services. And I had a couple experiences where I just like, it just left me with kind of like a vengeance for the whole playlisting world. Like, I, I like paid for a campaign and I know these guys are just taking money off the top and pitching to like the same five playlists that they ran for the last campaign. And I'm like, how do we like, how do we like, how do we change this up? Like, how do we like approach this from a different angle? And I, I'd been doing something that a lot of managers and artists had been doing for a while was I would have my team. I had like an assistant who would go through and they would like, manually go through on Spotify and they would look in every playlist description to see if there was a contact info and they would search for playlists on, on the music listening platform, which is like, you know, it would take hours sometimes to get like a nice chunky list of like contact info. And, you know, this started to like, I started to lay in on this more when I had bad experiences with these other services. And I had some really great results, find, like locking playlists in this way. And I was like, okay, how can we take this to the next level? And I wanted to automate the process so that my team didn't have to spend so much time doing it. I reached out to a handful of coders on freelancer.com. I kind of explained to them like how pivotal playlisting was, what my team was doing, and they kind of spat out this software. And it started as like a computer application just on my computer. And I used it with my team for a bit and I got really good results and I was like, all right, I gave this out to a couple of friends, like some friends of mine over at 
Motown, a friend of mine at Maverick, a friend of mine at Create. And I gave it to some people who I was like, these are the, like, they're going to vet this and they're going to know right away if this is like functional for the rest of the music world. And they got back to me and they were like, you got to get this out to more people. This is a game changer. It's crazy that this isn't already available. And yeah, at that point, like we made it available. We made it like an online software tool so that anyone can go and log in and sign up. And yeah, it's like, it's just like a really strong productivity tool that, you know, any manager or indie artist or label or agencies agency should have in their arsenal. Like it's just one thing in the toolbox that you should be using to get music out. And I think, yeah, I think like just from like all the feedback I've gotten and like, you know, I've, I've heard from people in different genres and I've heard from, you know, random strangers on Reddit, like, like we talked about, like just how successful this can be. And, you know, it's the tool costs 20 bucks and, some of these other places where like you're actually paying them to do the whole campaign and the work, they're charging like more money than a developing artist has in like their whole EP budget or their whole album budget. And with this, like anyone can go, they can sign up, they can use the software for themselves, they can do their own campaign and they can get results based on like how much time they want to put in. Um, and yeah, like, you know, just like, other like other softwares and discord and social like just like accessibility is bigger than it's ever been before i think playlist supply is just like a really really accessible like productivity tool that you that anyone can go and use to try and get into bigger playlists or get more listeners and yeah that that's kind of the story of how it came to be it was like it was just like me as like a manager thinking like okay what else can i do here and you know i think there's a lot of elements of the music industry that are like super old school and haven't been updated for like 20 years. And, you know, streaming has kind of like updated the whole listening world and taken it by storm. And I think there's a lot of stuff that still hasn't caught up. And like the playlisting thing is just like this gray area that like people know it's important, but they don't know how to tackle it. And playlist supply is just like a tool that you like anyone can really use to tackle that.